CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we start off this brand new week. Pray and trust that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. And again, so many things to be thankful for. You know, Thanksgiving is a condition of the heart, not what we have or what we don't have. It's really, if we're not thankful for what we have, we'll never be thankful for what we get. And so I believe this is why the Bible says, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. I heard a minister one time say, well, you don't have to thank God for the bad things. Well, what does the Bible say about that? The Bible says we have to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? That even though things may appear to be bad in our life, change the direction of our life, the motive of our life, doesn't mean that's bad. It's one of the ways that God moves us into his perfect will. And so I believe in these days that we live in, not only do we need to be thankful on Thanksgiving Day, but really, honestly, every day of the year. Again, Thanksgiving is not something we celebrate one day a year, but it's something that we, heart of Thanksgiving, come to Christ every day. Joining me today, special guest and uh, uh, friend and and speaker here, uh, we have with us Greg Blanc from Calvary Chapel, Rapid City, South Dakota. Hi and welcome, Greg. Great to be with you again this afternoon, Pastor Mike. You know, I I wonder how many people out there are thankful for CSN and and thankful for Tima and and maybe there's a way just to uh just to send a note. Send a note to uh to Pastor Mike and and uh and say that you're praying for us and that you're thankful for what God does uh through uh through this program. I know I, I say it all the time, Mike, is that that I'm I'm just not a uh a guest host every once in a while. I'm a fan. You know, I I, I listen to you guys all the time and I learn so much. And we need that in these last days with with everybody. It seems like everybody is questioning uh Christianity and Christianity is getting persecuted like like never before and Things are heating up here in the uh in the last days. Mike, did you hear did you hear that the CEO of the European uh central bank has just declared that the euro that the euro is going digital and that Europe is gonna start using uh digital cash, even though in her in her announcement video, she says that, uh, that you can, uh, that you can use both. She says that, she says that, uh, that cash is here to stay. But when you watch this video, when you see this gal, you're not going to believe her at all. Mike, have you heard that? No, but you know, it doesn't surprise me because we know that everything is being set up for this seven year reign of the Antichrist. We know also is the tribulation period, which we also know is the 70th week of Daniel, that seven year period of time, uh, that was, de- uh, that was declared upon the nation of Israel to complete all things. 
And uh, curiously enough, Revelation 13 says you're not going to be able to buy or sell without the mark, name, or number on your hand or on your forehead. It's a literal mark on your hand or on your forehead. And again, it's the two areas of the body that's not covered. And of course, in a cashless society, where buying and selling with numbers now seems to be almost a normal thing. Even today, Cyber Monday, as an example, people are buying and selling on the internet at a crazy rate, unheard of 40 years ago. So when we understand that we're rushing towards this, now the danger, of course, with digital currency is, well, if whoever's in power doesn't like you, they can reach over and flip a switch and you're bankrupt. And friends, this is a little scary because we're finding more and more of it going on. Now, people have often said, well, when we go to um, digital currency, uh, it'll eliminate all the crime. Friends, there is more digital crime right now. People getting their bank accounts completely emptied. Uh, I, I, I forget what it was. I think it's at the cost of $6.2 billion a year is what it costs for cyber fraud right now that goes on people hacking into people's bank accounts, credit cards, etc. So it's a real issue. But you know, interestingly enough, the Bible says that we are headed for a cashless world. Now, uh, again, uh, I believe Jesus said, when you begin to see these things look up, your redemption draws nigh. And like I tell everybody all the time, keep looking for the upper taker. He's not far away from the Lord taking us all home. If you're in uh, the, uh, if you're on the Big Island of Hawaii, this Sunday at the Puna Baptist Pahoa Church there in on Kahapoa Road at 10:30, I'll be there uh, and uh, sharing with everybody how important it is to walk with Jesus. And so that's this Sunday at the Puna Baptist Church in Pahoa on Kahapoa Road. Uh, at 10.30. And so I'd love to see you there. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. Again, the number 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. we got some lines open if you want to be part of the program today. Let's go to Paul, Longview, Washington. Hi, and welcome. Well, hello there. Hey, I've got some good news to share with you. Sometimes uh, at the end of an interesting call, He'll say, hold on the line after the call. We're going to send you out some DVDs and et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's nice. And I think that's, that's cool. Well, a week or so ago when I called in, they said the same thing. And uh, I got uh, a nice package of some DVDs. Now, there is a small community church. By small, I mean the congregation probably doesn't. Oh, not more than maybe 30 people, but it's a close-knit little community Christian church. And I spoke with the pastor a while back. He says uh, in the coming weeks, they're going to have movie night. And I'm thinking, way cool. And I said, well, it, uh, what kind of movies? Well, Christian movies that we can find. I said, well, I just happen to have the uh, Jesus movie that uh, CSN sent me, and God of Wonders, and 
was it? Evolution versus God, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so tomorrow I'm going to hand these DVDs off to him, and he's going to put them in line for the movie night at their little community church. So- How wonderful. That's great, Paul. And uh, the movie Jesus, um, uh, uh, tell them to be sure to, uh, on the on the actual uh, jacket on the the DVD, uh, you want to use the one in the middle, the one that's completely bo- based on the book of Luke. In other words, it's not like the chosen where you got the disciples on the weekend getting married to everybody else and Jesus rehearsing for the Sermon on the Mount just so we won't mess up. Uh, all this crazy stuff that we see going on today in the name of the Bible and in the name of Christ, which isn't really anything and has nothing to do with the Bible or Jesus. Uh, this is actually based on the book of Luke. And again, the, the video in the middle is that exact thing. And I think if, uh, it would, and I think it's important to tell the pastor that's been shown all over the world. Uh, literally hundreds of thousands of people have come to Christ over that. They'll take this video down in a jungle. Uh, they'll take it on eight millimeter film. They'll take it on 16 millimeter film, DVD, internet, whatever means of, of uh, communication is in the particular area that they can use. They'll set up a movie screen and show it. Uh, and literally, literally hundreds of thousands of people have come to Christ because it's just that wonderful. And so, yeah, Paul, thank you so much for the, for the, um, now can you tell us where that's going to be? Just in case there's a listener in the area that wants to go and, and, and see those. I can tell you where, but I don't know the starting date. So they'd have to check with the, Pastor, it's the little church in Riderwood, the Riderwood Community Church. Well, amen. Uh, they're uh, in Longview, right? Near uh, north of Longview, yeah. North of Longview. Well, Paul, did you have a question on top of that? Um, no, I've got to go because I'm calling you where actually I'm supposed to be at my desk. Well, you better go be at your desk, Paul. Thank you so much for the call. And again, we just pray that many people will come watch that, be touched by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Paul, thanks so much for the call, and have a Merry Christmas. Let's go to Will, Post Falls, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Yeah, Pastor, thank you for taking my call. I had a um, couple quick little questions. Um, Studying um, through Revelation 12, 1 through 6, and so um bear with me but the so i'm just curious which john um is seeing the woman um with the 12 stars and um those and then is that woman israel and then the 12 stars when they go back to joseph in genesis he says 11 stars so is joseph the 12th star and then to finish with that, um, with the angels, do are the angels? Do they are just are supposed to be obedient to God, or do they have free will, or do they love them? Um, anyways, it's kind of a loaded question, and and um, but I know time is short, so I'll let you guys. A, a very multifaceted question, my good man. 
Uh, we'll do our best with it. Uh, of course, this is speaking of John, not the Baptist, but the beloved disciple as we start off in uh, Revelation chapter 1. And then, of course, um, the woman, of course, is Israel, gives birth to the man-child, which is a picture of Christ. The devil devour, de- desired to devour Jesus right then. And, of course, Joseph, being warned in a dream, took baby Jesus to Egypt, no doubt funded by part of the gifts that the wise man brought him. And um, so many other parts of this question, your thoughts. Great. Yeah, I love Pastor Mike. Don't you just love people that ask good questions? Way to go, Will. I yeah, amen. I it's good to read those. Yeah, yeah. And what a safe place you have to call in and uh, and let a little iron sharpen iron. I think that Mike uh, Mike was uh, correct talking about the Apostle John, not uh, not John the Baptist, and that portion of Revelation twelve is uh basically hitting right there around the three and a half year period in uh in the seven year tribulation and I think that you had mentioned angels i I think that you're bringing that up in reference to uh verse four where it says his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born and your I think your question was do do angels have free will and and uh right there in verse four sure says that a third of them a third of them the uh the devil was able to deceive into following into following him and as crazy be, you got to think about this, Will. The angels, all the created beings in heaven, they're seeing God in all his glory, all his majesty, all his splendor. And yet, and yet that crafty, sneaky serpent was able to uh, deceive them into following him. So uh just make sure that you're not deceived. Remember, that's one of the signs in Matthew 24 where Jesus says uh, at least three times, maybe four times, about the last days that deception, deception is going to reign. Pastor Mike? Yeah, and if you'll notice there in chapter 12, when it mentions the child that was born to the woman, the word child is capitalized, and that's because it's referencing Jesus Christ. And so when we look at this, you see that... that um uh, Satan's influence in heaven was pretty powerful. Again, people have asked the question often, what would cause a third of the host of heaven to align themselves with Lucifer in this rebellion? The only thing we can tell by putting verses together is that the Bible says that God made man a little lower than the angels. I don't believe that this new creation that was to come on the, the scene bothered Lucifer or the angels at all, and especially that they were lower than the angels. But then the Bible goes on to say that he would elevate those that chose to love him above the angels. And as a matter of fact, if you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, do you not know someday you will judge angels? This tells me that not only are we above the angels, but then the Bible goes on and says, we're the bride of Christ. Now think about that for a minute. He never said to any of the angels, be my bride, but to the church, he did. And most people believe at this point is when the plan was revealed 
Satan was revolted, and this is where Satan came, tempted Eve, tempted uh, 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 mankind to fall from the purposes of God, and thus we, we find the world that was once created um, perfect, the Bible says. Uh, he saw that it was good, very good. There would be no devil in a very good world. But we do know that sometime, I believe, after the creation of man, this is when Satan fell. And I believe that this is why a third of the angels went with Lucifer, because of this new class of people called humans that were going to be someday, those that love him, would be called his bride, and that we would be above the angels. So I hope that answers it, Will. Yeah, um, and then just for the, when it says the 12 stars, um, for the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. And then, so then when Joseph says there's 11 stars, was he, when he had that dream, was he the 12th star? Okay. Your thoughts. Yes, of course. That's what he's talking about. That that's what torqued that's what torqued everybody off was that uh, that uh, that the eleven stars were going to bow down to him, including including the sun and the moon, which were references to uh, to his mom, mom and dad. And, uh, and dad. So yes, Will, you are a hundred percent correct. We're talking about uh, we're talking about Joseph. There, uh, he would have been the twelfth star. Hope that helps. So, by the way, eleven plus one is twelve. So <laughs> that new math. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank it, you very it just much. amazes the students of today in school. Imagine 11 plus one is 12. Whoa. How does that work? Anyway, sorry. I digress. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. And if you, I, I hate to take more time, but I just, um, when Israel, when he talks about Israel fleeing on that three and a half years and God's going to, um, during the tribulation, when he when Israel flees, is that the during the first part of the tribulation? Uh, that is right in the middle of the tribulation, and it's what's called the abomination which makes desolate. And this is where the Antichrist either puts a picture of himself, he himself, or his name there in the temple, in the rebuilt temple that we find mentioned in Revelation chapter 11. It's not there now. But they're getting ready to build it. I've been to the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. They have everything ready to start building the temple. Uh, they're just waiting for permission. The Bible tells us the tribulation begins not with the rapture of the church, the demise of the United States, the Ezekiel 38-39 war. No, the Bible tells us this seven-year period of time in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, starts with a treaty that this man makes with Israel. And most likely, it's over the Temple Mount. It's to bring peace to Israel, peace to the Middle East. And for the first time, for 2,500 years, we'll finally have peace in the Middle East. And this man, called the Antichrist in the Bible, will be called the man of peace to the world. Now, the Bible says, Jesus says, when you see this man go into the temple, and put a picture of himself, his name, or he himself, and it might have to do with the way the information globally is communicated. Uh, some may be through radio, of course you would have no image, uh, but whatever it is, whatever it is, Jesus said, don't even go back in to get your coat. 
run for the hills. Now, why would he say that? I believe that the Antichrist, who has befriended Israel, negotiated the peace deal for their temple to be built. This may very well be during the dedication of the temple. We don't know. And instead of him going and dedicating the temple, from there he declares to the world that he is God and must be worshipped as God. Now, of course, the Jews know he's not God. I believe the Antichrist already knows they are not going to accept him as Messiah. He is not going to stand for global humiliation as the nation of Israel. Yes, that same nation that he made such a deal with them to build their temple now is rejected by him. I believe he's going to bring swift retaliation upon the Jews. Jesus said, don't even go back in your house to get your coat. Now, up to just probably 50, 75 years ago, this kind of a statement would have been kind of ludicrous. Because even in any conquest of any city, I mean, look what right now what's going on in Gaza. They just didn't take the city in a day. They're they're slowly eradicating Hamas out of it. Well, why would Jesus say, run as quickly as you can? Don't even go back in to get your coat. I believe with the advent of modern weaponry, maybe jets in the air when he makes this announcement, maybe it's um, surfaced air missiles, whatever it is, but the the attack will be so immediate. Jesus said, don't even go back in to get your coat. Run. And so I believe that this is another prophetic sign that this is going to be, of course, in the last days, and of course, with the advancement of modern technological weaponry, I believe that this can so easily become a reality because of the swiftness that these missiles can hit. And Jesus said, just run for the hills. Then the Bible says the world goes in to something that it has never, ever seen before. The first three and a half years were bad, but nothing compared to the last three and a half years. And when the bold judgments begin, this is where everything goes completely awry. The Bible says all the trees are burned up. Every living thing in the sea dies. Water's unfit to drink. It is not as in the days of Noah were. No, this is mere survival. And by the time we get to the battle of Armageddon, Jesus said in Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. In other words, the tribulation, I believe, could have went on longer. Certainly man deserved it. But because man threatens to completely annihilate everything on the planet. Again, every living thing in the sea is already dead. You, you've got, you've got uh, death at a massive amount. And the Bible tells us by the time Jesus comes back, almost, not quite, almost two-thirds of the world's population is dead. People talk about COVID and a million people died of that. That is nothing, friends, nothing compared to the time when the Antichrist, possessed by the devil, will rule and reign over this earth. Now remember, something you have to remember. I've had people say, well, you know, I don't serve God and I don't serve the devil. I'm a neutral party, you know. Nope. 
The Bible says either you're for me or against me, Jesus said. Now, why is that important? Remember, I believe the whole revolt in heaven was over human beings. And I believe this is why today, when a person becomes demon-possessed, gets into the occult, gets into the underworld, their lives aren't better. Their lives are wrecks. Oh, you know, ever since Bill got hooked up with heroin, he's doing so good, he's now the bank president. No, you don't see that, do you? Satan uses the devices of this world to destroy human beings. And I believe, again, part of his plan is to destroy all human beings in the end. You see, the devil, full of pride, doesn't even know his end demise. Because pride always blinds people, blinds demons, blinds anything to reality. Hope that helps, Will. It does great, um, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Pastors. Well, God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. If you haven't got uh, God of Wonders, Evolution versus God, stay in line, and uh, we'll get those out to you. I think you'll be blessed. Let's go to Teresa, Sandpoint, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. I have a couple of questions. So we have been going to a church, and my husband went to a meeting. They are thinking about buying um buying some property, either a building or a piece of land. They have identified a couple pieces, but they are not willing to tell us where or what it is um, because they're uh, kind of worried that they will raise the price of things. I don't know, but but they're asking for, for donations and to go forward with this project, like 500000 I think. Um, what do you think about that? Well, you, you got to be careful because things can can go awry. You know, uh, Greg, I know you've built buildings. I've built buildings. Uh, and uh, your thoughts? Well, here's here's the good news, Teresa. And by the way, my mom's name is Teresa. So good for you. Uh, let me just tell you that that there's a lot. Oh my goodness, there's a lot that goes into the purchase of a church building. Praise the Lord that he's, uh, he's blessing your congregation, the, with the opportunity to expand and, uh, and to create a larger facility. You know, hearing your heart on that, I, the first thing that came to my mind is that there's a possibility. Number one, love always trusts. And, uh, there's a possibility that the pastor is, is protecting the flock to not get maybe too attached to a particular facility until they know more. And I think I hear the music, so Mike and I will uh, will pick this up on the other side of the break. Yes, Teresa, we are coming up on that break. We don't want anyone to go away. We'll have more coming up right after this. We'll be right back. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price 
for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. It all came down to the ultrasound. And I saw this little lima bean-looking thing with a halo. When this mom came to a preborn center, a baby wasn't really in her plans. And I got to hear the heartbeat, and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. After hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her baby on ultrasound, this mom's plans changed. My choice to become a mom, hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning, is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to choose life. Preborn's network of clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and have rescued over 270,000 babies. To learn how you can rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible. Welcome you back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Monday afternoon as we start up this brand new week. And again, Brian, trust you had a great Thanksgiving. You and your families being together. Again, so much to be thankful for. Well, when we went to the break, we were speaking with Teresa. And, uh, you know, Greg, you were saying, and, and by the way, I think that a lot of times when you're going to possibly purchase something, not making all the details known is not a bad thing. Because again, uh, if there was a piece of property, it was a good price. Um, it's announced in church. Oh, we're thinking about buying this property and it's such a good deal. Well, you got to remember, not everybody that goes to church are, are Christians and uh, they go, Oh, Hey, we'll go soup that and build some condos in there. So I, I think being, I don't want to say secretive. But being guarded is not a bad thing. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. You know, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on this side of the pew, Mike. You're on this side of the pew, and and uh, and you know that that it's that's why you have a circle of counselors to be bouncing things off and looking at the finances and making sure that the property is going to be able to fit for future expansion. And and I'm you know I don't know. Uh, Teresa, where your, uh, where your pastoral team is at in, uh, in this process. But two things. Number one, um, uh, if, if you have trust them in the past, I would trust them on this. Two, if you have specific questions, um, I can tell you this, the best thing to do would be to go and talk to your pastor. The worst thing that you could do is go and talk to other people in your congregation because that just might get people stirred up when uh when there's uh when there's no need to. But if you have a decent uh if you have a decent relationship with uh or your husband does has a decent relationship with uh with uh, these church leaders, um when people would come to me and and talk to me, we probably looked at 
15 different buildings in Rapid City uh, over a over a two-year period when we were uh, looking and and uh, what Mike had said about uh, about being a little bit guarded I see the wisdom in that as well because because we don't want people to get too attached to a particular property and then find out that there is no way that we can afford it or there's an easement or uh there's liens against co- the property liens against the property back those taxes owed all kinds of stuff yeah no i'm with you i'm i, Teresa, I'm with I you, hope Mike. that helps it does i have one i have another question like a bible question okay so we're in mark can i ask another question sure <laughs> so it's okay it's mark we're in Mark 8, 23 through 25, and this is where Jesus is healing the blind man. There's so much in here, like um, the, him spitting, the spit, you know, what does this all represent? The spit, he took him out of the village, and then like a two-phase healing, because he said he could see the trees, so he couldn't really quite see right away. I mean, the significance of all this passage. Why well, I, I believe that there it were, he says, what do you see? He says, I see men as trees walking. I believe that sometimes when God heals us, and even Jesus here in this particular instance, I believe that sometimes, and I think this shows it, our healing is over sometimes a period of time, not always instantaneous. Because then Jesus prayed for him a second time, and he was he was complete. Now, I believe that, again, we ask God to heal us, and I believe sometimes it is over a period of time. Thank God for the instantaneous miracles. But sometimes it is over a period of time, whatever your need may be in your life. And since we have a very uh, me generation that I want it, I want it now— I mean, if you've got to wait any longer than a, than 10 minutes for a McDonald hamburger, what's keeping these people? You know, uh, well, you know, this is, this is part of the, what we, we have going on today. Um, I, I believe that that shows that God heals sometimes in stages. I don't think that's wrong. God can do that. As far as the, as spitting and the clay, I believe you can take something as worthless as dirt. But touched by the master's hand can heal anything. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree, Pastor Mike. I, I, I love how Jesus uses unconventional methods to, uh, to do his signs and his wonders. And, and if not, could you imagine the formulas that people would be selling on some particular you know, Christian uh, radio and TV stations so that you would follow the exact same process as Jesus does. And, and he, he doesn't do that. The, the fact is that he could have, he could have easily just said, be open. But Jesus is a master storyteller. And when, when he does something unconventionally, I think he does it so that it'll peg a lot further and a lot deeper in long-term memory and that we won't be looking for maybe the quick fix. Like Mike said, uh, how many, you know, how many times have you seen that, that God doesn't heal immediately, but he does end up healing? You know, is it dependent on, on us exercising more faith? Uh, maybe it, 
maybe at times at times it's just a a little deeper a little deeper trust issue but at the same time um we we just have to know that god has god has his reasons for why he does what he does and i'm i'm pretty thankful we don't serve a boring savior pastor mike you know another time jesus just looked at a fellow and said receive your sight and his sight was made whole yeah uh they were going to a synagogue together and uh church uh, back then, and um, um, the man that was instantly healed ran into the guy that uh, Jesus spat on the ground. And he said, you know, I, I Jesus spoke the words, and I, I could see. And the other guy said, no, no, you have to have mud. And so immediately there was a church split. There was the mud in the eye group, and then the uh, ones that just spoke, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, okay? There's mud in your eye. <laughs> but the point is, is that it it is interesting. You can't put God in a box. And the way God does things sometimes is different than the way he healed other people or what he did in other people's lives. And we oftentimes want to look at what God's doing in everybody else's life and say, well, then that's what God has for me, rather than saying, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Because again, we all look different, but yet God has a different calling on every one of our lives. And so I believe this is why he showed the variety between mud in the eye and, well, no mud in the eye, and that we're all still brothers and sisters in Christ. Teresa, I hope that helps. Okay, it does. Thank you so much. God bless you. Sorry about my little dirt road there. I do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Let's go to, <laughs> sorry. Let's go to Hazel, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi. How can we help? Well, my question is, since our earthly bodies are cursed with the sin curse of Adam and Eve, how did Enoch and Elisha get raptured and still and still have their bodies in heaven. I think that's a great question, and it shows uh, you've been reading your Bible. I personally believe that the two prophets that come back, the Bible says, in Revelation are Enoch and Elijah. And there's several reasons why. The first one is that those two didn't die. It's appointed unto man once they die, and after that, the judgment. Now, in the rapture, as an example, we as believers will not die, but we will be transformed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and that fulfills that. Plus, when we accepted Christ, we died to our old sin nature, and I believe this is what allows that transformation to happen. Now, the Bible tells us, and of course, they were in the Old Testament, that Elijah will come before the great and notable day of the Lord. So I believe absolutely one of them is Elijah. Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind like a fiery chariot. The other one, we don't know who it is. It doesn't say. Some say, well, it's Moses because of the type of uh, plagues that hit the earth. I I really can't say that. All I can say, it's the same God, uh, because Moses wasn't the one generating the plagues anyway. God was telling him what to say. Uh, Enoch, interestingly enough, represents a pre-flood world. 
Elijah represents a post-flood world or after the flood up to the time of Christ. Both of these men in the Old Testament, Enoch walked with God and was taken. Elisha, uh, excuse me, Elijah uh, was was taken up in a whirlwind. Enoch walked with God and the Bible says was taken. And I believe that's also a picture type of the church that before the flood came, the the the, the righteous were already gone, except Noah found grace in the sight of God, Genesis 6-8. So, I believe that you have both before flood, after flood being represented there. And uh, I believe that, as the Bible says, they eventually will be killed. They'll be viewed by the world, laying dead there in the streets of Jerusalem. Three days they resurrect. There's a voice saying, come up here. They stand on their feet and ascend into heaven. Your thoughts on that? Hazel, I got to ask the question. How old are you? I'm eight years old. Eight years old, Pastor That's Mike. Great question. Can you can you imagine asking these kinds of questions when you're when you're eight years old? Well, I'm sure your parents are very very proud of you, and well done, parents, for uh, raising up uh, a child in the training and admonition of uh, of the Lord. You know, the, I agree with Pastor Mike. This is this is a very good question from. Uh, anyone of, of, uh, of any age, you know, I, some people think that the two witnesses are going to be, uh, Moses and Elijah. Some say Enoch and Elijah. Uh, I don't know the way that Mike just taught that. I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Enoch at, uh, at uh, this point. And I've thought about it over the years. Obviously they're the two that haven't, uh, uh, that, that, that didn't experience physical death so it would certainly make sense on uh uh on that level i think i think young lady you had asked um since our bodies since our bodies are cursed and we know that uh that sin has been flowing through the veins of every person who has ever lived since uh since uncle adam in the garden that uh that the way that god purifies us and transforms our bodies in the rapture uh to make us uh suitable for heaven i think that he just uh he just uh he just uh um uh increased increased that option for both enoch and uh and elijah where where uh, a fiery a fiery um chariot you know chariots of of fire and then elijah is taken up in a whirlwind boy would i like to see the video on that someday right and then uh and then you think of enoch what a reputation enoch walked with god boy that that certainly should should be the you know the said enoch walked with god and god couldn't live without him so much that he that he took him that's all we know really about enoch but but i want to walk with god the same way that enoch did so if the lord if the lord should so need a third witness or or just add another plan for me in heaven that he could take me uh he could take me at any time pastor mike and i'm being facetious about the third witness so yeah, don't and, don't send me any letters yeah now now very quickly um we don't know for sure 
who the other one is. One we know is Elijah. The Bible says that. Jesus said that. Yeah. Uh, so, but again, being you have two people in the Old Testament did not, did not die a normal death and you have two appear and then die again or die in the streets of Jerusalem to die twice. Uh, I don't see that. So I, that's why I come to that conclusion on that one. Um, and uh, again, uh, they're supernaturally protected. Uh, and Enoch, again, I would identify with the church. I would identify Noah's family with the Jewish race that God protects during the catastrophic judgment that came on the earth called a flood. I believe the rapture will come. God will protect his nation Israel, those that he has chosen. And then uh, the the uh, tribulation will come upon the earth. So uh, that's the picture there. Hazel, I hope that helps. Yes, it works. Yes, it does. Thank you. Well, good, Hazel. You stay on the line, and I want to send you a couple of DVDs and a, a little book. I think you'll really enjoy that. And uh, I just want to tell you, keep reading your Bible, and uh, you're going to be blessed over and over and over again. Let's go to Royce, Santa Clara, Utah. Hi, welcome. Hello. Um, well, I have a question, but I wanted to also really quick so I don't get it missed. Um, have a request for prayer. Um, okay. I had a toboggan. You, you had what? We lost you. Please, please. Okay, we got you. Okay, are you there? We lost him. Okay, please call us back. Oh, those drop cell phone calls, you know how they are. So call us back. We'll put you right back on. Let's go to Charlene, Tennessee. Hi, welcome. Hi. My question is about salvation and will I make the rapture? I've known for probably 20 years or more that we are in end times, and I know it just keeps getting worse and worse. I see it every day. I'm an alcoholic for probably 30 years, and I always hear you say the alcoholic wants to quit, but they can't. Um, I've gone from whiskey to vodka, and I've gotten myself down to like two beers a night. I never figured at 58 years old here in December that I would ever be snorting fentanyl. And I really have a problem with this. I've overdosed on it once and woke up in an ambulance. And I don't know how to quit it. I'm in a lot of pain. I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis. I can't even hardly cut a tomato with my hands. My feet are constantly numb. My arm and hands are numb from the diabetes and I take it for pain because my doctor won't help me, and I don't know what to do. I've cried out to God many, many times, and I don't want Darlene, to. are you part of a church? I'm not. I was You're in Oregon, and we came to Tennessee to live with my husband's mother because her husband died, and my brother-in-law got paralyzed in a car wreck, and so we went to church a couple times, but didn't really find anything in Tennessee. And then we're just not living the Christian life the way we used to in Oregon by going to church and reading our Bibles and watching Bible programs and listening to your radio station all day long. We don't do it no more. And Well, uh, Charlene, I want to tell you something. You need to be prayed over. You need to be anointed with oil. You are battling 
not only the flesh, but you're probably battling some pretty powerful powers from the underworld. When you find this kind of deep, deep addiction, there's usually the enemy at play here. And I I really would encourage you to get and be part of a fellowship. Greg, your thoughts? Well, I am I am stunned, uh, Charlene, by your honesty, yes, and your transparency, and just just being vulnerable. And that is a sign that you know that you've come to a safe place in uh, in calling CSN today. So it's 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 very humbling that you would be willing to ask this question in front of you know hundreds of thousands of people so so praise the lord the lord is working in your life he hasn't given up on you so let's just take a minute and and address the issue like like mike was saying number 1 you need to be plugged into and i know it's hard to find and 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 we're not under underestimating the difficulty that you have tried in finding a good healthy church in uh in your new uh in your new home but but you've got to make that effort exactly for reasons just like this you need to have a church family so that you're not trying to do this on your on your own you know in uh in uh, proverbs 18 i think mike you'll you'll remember this is proverbs 18 where it says that uh, the man who isolates himself rages against all wise counsel and charlene we're not saying that you're raging against any counsel i'm just saying the isolation part is not is not helping. So um we yeah, can we be were your... designed to be a body and you're you're functioning as an individual and that's not the way God designed his church, his Christians to be. We're we're to help, pray, exhort one another, the Bible tells us. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're we can be CSN can be your extended family, but you need you need a family that can hold you with cry with you when you need to cry and laugh with you when you need to laugh. Now on on this dependence of alcohol, I am so thankful that in Romans 6, it says that sin shall not have dominion over you. And ultimately, uh, drinking to the point of getting drunk and letting it affect, uh, um, your senses, that, that can, you know, obviously be, be sin. And the Bible's pretty specific about it. But at the same time, God is a God of compassion. I I know by the by just reading my Bible that God wants to heal you and God can heal you. You just have to do your best to 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 once again. I know that you've done this for years, and Mike's run into lots of people that have struggled with uh, with addictions for years. But God's nothing is impossible for God, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So. So before we let you go, maybe Mike, uh, maybe Mike can pray for you and, uh, and the screener maybe can give you a list of possible churches within, uh, within driving distance of where you live. Pastor Mike? Yeah. Charlene, can we pray for you? Yes. Yes. Of course. Please. I appreciate it. More than you know. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and we lift up Charlene to you. Father, first, I pray that you find her a fellowship where she can be with other Christians that love you. Because, Lord, if it isn't alcoholism, 
it will be some uh, something else. We we have and face many challenges through this life all the time. And we don't just need a body, uh, your church, when we have a problem. We need them all the time because there's going to be people in the body that are hurting like we have hurt. So I just pray you find her a body. Second, God, we ask you that you would, in fact, deliver her from the alcoholism. Father, you can fix anything. You're the you're the God who heals. And so we ask you that you would heal her and touch her. And Father, address in her life the reason that she drinks. For Lord, only you can satisfy. And so we ask you this. May you find her and her family a place where they can fellowship. And Lord, remind her and tell her that the things that she is doing to compensate for the problems in her life are killing her. And so, Lord, we just ask you that you would deliver her, give her hope, give her a family, and health. In Jesus' name, amen. Charlene, we'll be praying for you, dear. I appreciate it very much. Stay in line, and uh, they'll give you some direction, I think, of what may help you there. I think it'll be good, and I want to send you out a couple of DVDs and a little book called Time to Grow, which will also minister to you as well. Hey, Mike, I know that you. we've got other calls coming up, and we're running up against the end of the show. Can I can I mention one more thing to Charlene? Sure, Would please, that be okay? Quickly, yes. Yep. Um, in Mark 5, Jesus tells the story of a woman with a flow of blood, and what she did, she made great effort just to touch the hem of his garment. So that's what that's what we're encouraging you to do. Just to make it it's going to take effort for you to do this, but as a result of the effort that she made, Jesus healed her. So maybe read through that in Mark 5. See what the Lord speaks to you. Darlene, stay online. We'll get you taken care of. I take that as a word of word of knowledge there, Greg. Let's go to Royce, Santa Clara, Utah. Hi, welcome. Hi, yeah. Um, sorry, I got cut off. I was just going to say, um, so I was going to this other church. So I, I kind of have the same prayer need as uh Charlene. We only have about 30 seconds. We only have about 30 seconds. So, Okay, just for a fellowship for a church group again, if I could get a prayer for that. Okay, and um, um, what was your question? Uh, well, my question was about this, uh, the, um, the not being many masters of uh, knowing that we'll receive the greater condemnation. I believe that is speaking to pastors who use their position for their own personal gain, and, and uh, I think there's a judgment for that. Greg, your thoughts? Yep, I agree. Uh, few men, you know, how many men have you seen come through that think that they're called to the ministry and yet they're not willing to count the cost of purity? So, uh, anybody out there who's thinking about, uh, thinking that God is calling you, go deep in integrity and character and purity. Pastor Mike? Well, yeah, and the Bible says some, you know, uh, preach the gospel for personal gain. That's not good. Um, but, um, you know, Royce, we just pray that, Lord, you would just guide him, guide him where you want him to be, in fellowship. Lord, cause his hunger for you to grow and bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Greg, for being on. God bless you all. Good night. Today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. 
That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 